Oh, yes! <laughs> oh, no! Oh, no, no, no! Well, right, it's the end of the world, right? It I mean, is... the Eagles lost to New England yesterday. You might as well just, you know, run for the shelters, run for the... We could have done run for the hills if we really wanted to go. Oh, an Iron Maiden. Iron jam. Maiden, right? Yeah. <laughs> we could have done that, too. It is, in fact, it. the end of the world as we know it. The Philadelphia Eagles, oh, they let us down. The defense had a good game, but uh, oh, Carson, oh, receivers. Oh, here we go. All right, let's get into it. We've got Eagles, we've got Sixers, we've got some Flyers, we've got some Phillies. And of course, it's Crossing Broadcast here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. I'm Russ Joy at Joy on Broad. To my right, Anthony Sanfilippo on Twitter at Philly. Yo, how are you? Across Caddy Corner, Kitty Wampus for me is Kevin Kincaid. You can find him on Twitter at Kevin underscore Kincaid. (laughs) You're filming this too. That's great. That's a good job out of you. And next to him... Thought this was supposed to be a non-visual medium. I know. Big. He picks the day we order food too. Yeah. Big bet, Bob. Bob Wankel. I'm just here to have Kevin tell me how great Carson Wentz is. Yeah. We're. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Behind the glass, Ryan Lennox. Yeah. Wentz and Foles. That's right. That's what we're going to talk about. Carson. Wentz, <laughs> I know you want to start Nick with Carson Foles. Wentz and uh, Nick Carson Foles. Wentz. Nick Foles. The Eagles Twitter is just uh, you know insufferable, man. That's why I uh, make the make the comparison with the snake, the circular snake that's just eating its own tail over and over and over again because it's the same thing. It's the same argument. When the reality of the situation is that more than one thing can be true, you know? I know that doesn't necessarily play well when you're arguing on social media. Or, I actually uh, think that more and more people are arriving at that conclusion. I, last night was the first time I saw, like, hey, right. Carson Wentz isn't playing well. Also, these receivers are terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's a crazy concept, isn't God it? We're, we're so bad at it, though, you know, because it's always got to be one thing or the other, right? When the when the bottom line is that the defense played fantastic, right? I mean, there's really nothing to talk about on that side of the ball at all. Uh, the head coach, I don't know what he was doing with his play calling in the second half. The quarterback was not great. The receivers weren't that great. The offensive line wasn't that great. And on top of it, you lose Alshon Jeffrey, you lose Lane Johnson, you don't have Jordan Howard, you know. So, I mean, it's, it's yes, more than one thing can be true at once. I think that should be the title of the episode, quite frankly. More than one thing can be true Write it down, once. Russ. Are you writing that down? Why don't you film that? More than one that? thing can be wrong. You yeah. Why don't you film that and, and then write it down? <laughs> <laughs> more than one thing can be true at once. Uh, can, can, I, can I ask a question that I'm really excited to ask? No. I asked it a few weeks ago. I'm ready for it. I want to see if more people are on board with it. At what point do people start asking if the Eagles won the Super Bowl in spite of Doug Peterson? At what point do they – because I I saw yesterday, and it's really the first time that I thought it started to make its way out of the darkest recesses of Twitter. The questions and, and the comments started getting a little bit louder. Frank Reich's not here. This offense has been stagnant. It's been, what, 25 points or less scored in the last 16 games. Yeah. I think they've gone over, what, four I, times? I, at, I, at what I, point, I hate that. At what point? I hate that stat. Okay, at what point? <laughs> hate it. <laughs> at what point do people start asking questions of Doug's, Doug Peterson's job security or at least that of Mike Groh slash Jim Schwartz? One thing I'll say, I love Frank Reich, and at Crossing Brawl, we do a lot of uh, Colts betting previews. I've become we? uh, very well-versed in the Indianapolis Colts, and I'm a big Frank Reich guy. How did we end up with two Frank Reich name drops within the first but, but I gotta three say, minutes like, of the this show? Is actually, I'm glad you brought this up, we because really this do. is something that I, I actually feel pretty strongly about. I think Frank Reich's a good coach. The Frank Reich love in this city is vastly overhyped. 
He is a good coach. That team has not eclipsed 200 yards passing in any of their last three games. Well, there you go. Look, and yeah. again now, and and what are they dealing with? They're dealing without Ty Hilton being on the field for the yeah. last three games. Yeah, their their best wide receiver. Well, Brissett was missing out for a couple a secondary games. wide receiver. Yeah, yeah but and Andrew, quarterback Andrew injuries. Luck. Andrew blah, blah, Luck retired. Yeah. It's not like they went into the offseason building. Oh, I'll tell you what, Jacoby Brissett's a nice player. Though. That's, I'm not saying and, he's not. I'm just saying that like, but, and and that's the thing. They're they're a six and four team. They're doing a nice job. He's doing the best he can with what they have, but he—he he is not some genius that's reinventing offensive football here. Can I, let me offer it to you this way, Bob, because I think you're gonna—you're making an argument that one of the reasons I hate that stat about the 25 points. Um, football in 2019 is not the same as football in 2017. Today's game, as it always does, football seems to evolve every couple of years. Things change, and we are evolving back to a game that is more focused on good defense, more focused on running the ball, more focused on time of possession, and it's not the big strike offenses anymore. I mean, you look at even even a game where Baltimore puts up 40 points against Houston and Lamar Jackson throws four touchdowns. He only threw for 222 yards in the game because they ran the ball a lot, okay? Um same thing. San Francisco's, you know, as good as they have been. They they run the ball. Well, let's use the Colts as an example. I mean, they ran for 264 yards there yesterday against Jacksonville. Now they came into that game, I believe Jacksonville, 4.9 yards per carry allowed. And Marlon Mack just ran all over him before he went out of the game late. I mean, they ran the ball 36 times though yesterday, and I believe that they only attempted 24 passes, if I'm not mistaken. You had a quarterback that was working his way back from injury, a depleted receiving core, which begs the question. When I look at their game plan yesterday, getting back to the Eagles now, let's get it back to the Eagles. Let's get it back to the Eagles. <laughs> that <exercise>. being said, <laughs> where was Miles Sanders yesterday? Who? Uh, I mean, did, K, yeah. do you believe that it was just, hey, Lane Johnson went out of this game. We don't think we can run the football, so we're going to completely abandon no, it. No, not entirely. Um, you know, and Doug said that kind of the excuse for that in the second half is because they were behind the chains a lot. You know, you go down the list of, of second downs that they had in the second half, and it was like second and 10, second and 14, second and 10, second and 10. Second and nine. I think they had like one second and five there, and it, I think it was just on a New England penalty. Um, yeah, but they only they only ran. Miles Sanders ran the balls, ran the ball eleven times. Boston Scott had it seven times, and then Carson Wentz threw the ball forty times, and he had uh, what like three scrambles, so forty. You know, that's three more called pass plays. So it's forty. So you're pushing for 40, on the seventy percent. Yeah, forty three to eighteen in a in a pass run split. You know, there's no QB sneaks or anything like that. So. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know. And and if you, the, the funny thing to me is that if you go down, you know, I think we were all sitting there during that third drive, saying, "Wow, this is fantastic, man! This is one of the best drives that they've put together all year." Sixteen plays, ninety-five yards, nine thirty-three of clock, and a, a ridiculous review that probably shouldn't. Even, I don't even know why that was much of a question. Looked pretty clear to me um, watching at home, but uh, you know, on that drive. Okay, we all know what the personnel was, right? Okay, so the tight ends are going to be a strength. The wide receivers stink. Uh, you know, Miles Sanders, you know, probably you're, you still have him even though Jordan Howard's out, right? So what did they do on that drive? You know, Boston Scott up the middle. And then it was three really short passes to Miles Sanders and Zach Ertz, right? Then we had a Wentz scramble, New England penalty. They ran the bubble screen. They ran the smoke screen. Nelson Aguilar, did you love it? I love it. It's, it's my favorite play in the playbook. But, you know, sarcasm aside, it works when you throw it to a slot receiver who's actually pretty good with in yards after the catch, and he picked up five yards on it. Probably would have went for six or seven if the um, if the New England safety didn't make a good play on him. And then what did they do after that? Dallas Goddard, tight end screen. 
Then two runs behind Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks on the right side of the line. Carson Wentz scramble for eight yards, and you have Sanders off the left end. Four straight plays then with Miles Sanders' touches, followed by an incompletion and a touchdown. And who caught the touchdown pass? Tight end. You know, so again, what, what do you see there? What's the common theme there? Dink, dunk, short stuff, running backs catching the ball, running backs running the ball, tight ends catching the ball, two screens. You know, so if you can't throw the ball down the field, scheme around it. And they ripped off a 16-play drive that went the entire field, not being able to do anything they haven't been able to do for the last couple of weeks. So the blue, the blueprint was there, you know, of what is going to work against this team because New England basically just what they did they lined up in man coverage on the outside. They said, your receivers stink. They're not going to beat us in man coverage. We're going to sit the safeties down a little bit and the linebackers and just try to junk up the middle of the field with the, with the, you know, with the tight ends here. You know, beat us, beat us playing this way. It was very obvious what they were doing, you know. And the Eagles had the blueprint for it, and they got away from it. Why? Well, I mean, do you attribute that to the fact that the right tackle went out. Is is that what we're doing? It's a big is, deal. Is that is, is, is it as simple <laughs> you as that? I mean, you're, you're, you're the Wentz. Well, yeah, not, not, not that well, big of a deal when you got your left tackle back. No, but he also oh, went. Made out. His presence felt early in the game. He went out too, though. Now here's the obligatory oh, no, Russ, no, Russ no, no, with no. the Jason. Wait Pe- a Jason Peters taking. Jason Peters was in and, and and left the game. This is Russ's go-to. Wow. Oh my, God. Yeah. my point. Wow. Is, my my argument. Death and taxes. On that will be You're playing. Arguably, well, definitely the best pass defense in the NFL, one of the best overall defenses in the NFL, and in the second half or much of the second half, you're playing with a rookie in Andre Dillard and uh, Halapuli Vadi Vitai on the right side where he doesn't play, okay, and and you you expect to be able to still run the ball. I don't see it now. Should they have tried yeah. it a little bit? Maybe. But you saw, and you guys put, and I think, Kevin, you put up the Baldinger post today on yeah. Crossing Broad. Baldy's breakdowns. It was, I thought his breakdowns were spot on, okay? And three of them were about the offensive line. And when yeah. you look at what the yeah. offensive line was doing, it, it they were not doing what they were supposed to do. It was bad line play. And so at that point, if you could, if you're a coach and you see that, and of course they could see it in real time, we need to see it in replay, right? We're not really noticing that. We're not looking for that, so to speak. And you see that. Maybe that's what makes you shy away from the running game a little bit. Yeah, you know, I yeah. mean, I, to me that to, that's why I when I was we were having this discussion in Slack last night, and I was saying, look, I I can't kill the coaches today because they were so undermanned. The gap in talent in that game, especially in the second half, was so diverse that to, to just be in the game at that point. So you're you lucky. you not you Anthony you I'm pointing to Bob. You as the Carson Wentz hater of how do you account for that? I mean, how much weight do you put into they didn't have guy one, two, and three? I think that you have to put a considerable amount of weight into that. How I big mean, is the asterisk? I mean, like, is it one? Is it three small I, I asterisks? I think that what happens here, and I understand that the things that are happening around Carson Wentz do not lend themselves to his success, and they they didn't last year. I mean, he's in a similar position that he was in in 2016, yeah, and that he was in last year, but at some point. You know, you can excuse away, excuse away, excuse away. And I just look at it. You had 10 points. You were rolling at home. You had some momentum. And then you didn't score after that. And it it comes back. And I really thought that that final drive was the perfect microcosm for the entire season. Some really good plays to to march them down the field. Did some very positive things that you can't overlook. To even get them out of the end zone. Yeah, Yeah, the the completion did. Or Sega Whiteside. You know, your 30, 35-yard gain there. But then... He just missed throw after throw, and they got down to that that first down, 
mean, where he missed Zach Ertz. That was a bad that throw. That was a critical error. That was you a bad have throw. to hit that throw in that no spot. No doubt now, about it. Don't get me wrong. He gets to the fourth down and makes a brilliant throw, drops it into Nelson Aguilar. We get it. You know, he should have probably caught that ball. It's happened three times now where late in the game he's made a throw. Receiver didn't help him. I get it. I really do. But when you step back and look big picture, it seems like the same mistakes are happening again and again. Mm-hmm. The, the, the way that these games are finishing, it, it's happening again and again. And I just – you can't excuse away the entire thing and just say he doesn't have receivers. No, I know. The, pro- the problem is that you – you know, when, when everybody else stinks out loud, you know, and your receivers aren't doing anything and they can't create separation and they're not fast and they're not dynamic playmakers, it just shrinks the margins of error for yes. the quarterback. Yes. You know what I mean? So he's – so Carson Wentz has to play, like, pretty much a perfect game to get them and over he the plays, finish line, and you know? He, he's because playing any, like a guy that has to play a perfect game. Yeah, he just he, seems yeah. tight. He, he seems like he's forcing Tom Bra- and, Tom Brady couldn't throw the ball in the ocean last night. You know, he was just as inaccurate as Carson Wentz. You maybe know, worse. The, you know, the guy, you know the, touch, the people who threw the touchdown passes last night were Julian Edelman and Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, but the context is that because Carson Wentz doesn't really have as much around him, Tom Brady also doesn't have as much around him. You know that you shrink the margin. They have to be. They have to. They they can't get away with as many bad throws as you normally would if you're if you're cooking Correct. everywhere else. You know. So the 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 standard for him is that's one thing. You put that off to the side. I'm making a putting it off to the side motion. And then you take on the other side the fact that Carson Wentz's backup has led them to the playoffs two years in a row. That's another thing you put off to the side. Take like the Joe Santa Liquido article. You know, make that a third thing where, you know, there was some truth to that. And he came out and said, you know, maybe I could be better and as a person and a teammate and stuff like that. Take all of that, those three things, and put it into a big, like, Carson Wentz Stromboli. And, yes, there's a ton of, of pressure on his shoulders to, to perform that other people may not necessarily have. You know, it, 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 you normally a quarterback can miss a couple throws, fine. You know, normally you're going to have one or two squabbles going on behind the scenes. You know, Normally, a backup will come in and rip, rip off a couple wins. AJ Feely, you know, um, you know Jeff Garcia, right? But when you the, the Carson Wentz is dealing with like all of those Coy kinds of things, Coy Detmer, you know, all Mike that stuff. All that stuff's happening at the same time. Uh, you know, it's all happening at the same time. If you look at this game, though, Tom Brady, two hundred sixteen yards passing last night, four point six yards per attempt. Like Carson Wentz was arguably the better quarterback. I know. In he was. Last I know. Night. He if was. you would have told me, like, hey, before the game, <laughs> Tom Brady, twenty six of forty seven, two sixteen. Uh, a 32.5 QBR, are the Eagles going to win this game? I, was, I would have said yes, yeah. right? Like, I would have said that should be enough. 17 points, can the Eagles get to 18 points at home? Yeah. I, even knowing what I knew and where they were at in terms of their offensive weapons, I would have expected them to be able to do that. What and do maybe you that's do? unfair. To your point. You know, maybe that's unfair, but I just think that was a game last night with it. If, if he was a little bit better in that game – even with all of the the obstacles that he has to deal with, to me, you you should have left the stadium but last night six and four. Don't those Brady numbers point to a guy who knows how to adapt to the personnel that he has? I don't. He I is, don't know. He is not. No, no, no actually, no. I don't think so. No. But go ahead. I mean, make, make, oh, his no. Tom Brady has made a career out of adapting the way that he plays to the personnel that he has and putting them in advantageous situations. He knows that he doesn't have a real banger out on the outside that he can rely on. So it's going to be a lot of dink and dunk, and he's fine with it because he has to be. He knows that Sony Michelle can't catch, you know, can't catch screen passes. 
right? So he's got to make, he has to make. He's still got White and Burkhead. They always have like 15 little scat backs. White and Burkhead who both catch the ball well. He's got Edelman who's a really good receiver. They just acquired Sanu who's a good receiver. The only difference is he doesn't have tight ends. And that's the difference. Yeah, Gronk. From, Gronk. He doesn't right. like his best release valve. You is, know, is, is what's it's missing. like you know Zach Ertz. Like always, be always you know Carson Wentz and Nick Foles being able to just throw throw that seam, throw that mesh to him. You know, Gronk was kind of the same right. same thing with with Tom Brady for sure. Yeah, and plus the guy's forty two years old. Uh, you know, he <laughs> in the press conference last night he was given like one one sentence answers. It was the weirdest press conference I've ever seen. Uh, another media person, I believe that he's dying his hair. At age forty two, there's nothing wrong with that. Like if I've my hair was going too, I would also dye it. You know, I'm only Please. seven years away from that. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I think, I think Bob, you t- you touched on this earlier, but you know, my, my thing when I was watching Carson last night was basically the, the idea of like a sequential kind of thing here. Okay, like cause and effect. Right, the receivers stink. All right, can the four of us agree? Yes, yes, okay, they're terrible. No okay. argument here. Okay, so then when you, those people stink and the margins shrink. You try to overcompensate, right? And you try to make up for it. You try to do more because the other people stink. You know what I mean? It's just like any anything, right. any job. You know, this guy's lazy. I'm going to take on more of the workload so that we get the job done, right? Okay, so you can you can apply it to a lot of different things. So Wench tries to over, overcompensate by extending plays with his legs. You know, when he's able to do that, eventually, you know, you can't cover a guy for like 10 seconds, right? You know, you can't cover a guy for five, six, seven seconds. So somebody's going to get free eventually. So when he overcompensates by extending the plays with his legs, he holds the ball for too long. You know, he makes mistakes. He takes bad sacks, misses throws, stuff like that. Then you find yourselves behind the chains. He can't run the ball effectively. And then you punt. So it's all kind of like a cascade of crapola that all starts because the receivers just aren't, good enough you know what I mean so it's very easy for teams to scheme against them when you can just man up on the outside and you know the Mac Hollins and Nelson Aguilar aren't really going to push you off and, and break free you know so let's look at the positive here and the Patriots had under 300 total yards of offense yeah. last night yeah. and now this defense over the last three weeks and we can talk about the offenses that they they went up against not being elite level elite caliber offenses like the one they'll see next week when Seattle comes here but they've given up less than 15 points per game now over the last three weeks. And I don't think this is a – I don't think that this is – They got better, and the defense got better last year too. I mean, you get your secondary back. Yeah, yeah, you got your secondary back. You have competent cornerbacks. I mean, nobody's going to mistake either Ronald Darby or Jalen Mills as an all-pro, but these guys are playing – Pretty sound football. Jalen Mills yeah. may have played one of the best games of his career last yeah, night. Yeah, he was really good. He was juiced, man. You know who else mm-hmm. was good last night, even though he did have one missed tackle that kind of everybody talked about? But I thought, other than that, I thought he had a great game was Nate Gary. Oh, you're talking about the Re- yeah, he had the Rex Burkhead yeah. uh, tackle yeah. that, that went, went but, for 30 yards. But I thought he had a lot of big tackles. He had the sack, the one sack of Brady. I thought he was he was, he was was noticeable on yeah. that field last night. Yeah, he was. He was I mean, I think yeah. it, start, it starts at the secondary for sure. You know, I mean, ha- having – Mills and Darby on the outside there, and Maddox in there now. You know they cut Sandejo. You know Rasul Douglas playing as a backup. Did he have, probably a, he have an interception be. yesterday? I believe Sandejo. Yeah. Oh god, I, I think I he didn't. helped aid that monster comeback. Oh, in I, didn't, I didn't watch. Everybody who leaves yeah. Philadelphia gets yeah. better. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, and they were great, and and because of that, you know, you saw Jim Schwartz be a little bit more adventurous schematically you know I mean it wasn't just sort of sitting there 10 yards off like they normally do you know they got up on the line they mixed up some some blitzing stand-up blitzers and whatnot some single high safety you know just doing a little bit of different they, they, they weren't 
you know, they weren't pounding Tom Brady into the dirt, but they were making him a little uncomfortable. They hit him like five or six times and they got this, the one sack, you know, they, they were, then they had five or six pass breakups, which it's probably got to be the highest that they've had in, um, you know, this, this season, or at least in the last couple of games, now they had the probably, they probably should have had McLeod probably should have had the interception in the end zone. Uh, then I, the I Patriots just, dropped the touchdown in the end yeah. zone on the next play. I so. just come back to it and I say, okay, well, if they're, if you're going to get this type of effort on the defensive side, then not all is lost. Like I look ahead at this game. I truly believe, and, and I know that right now everybody's saying like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I believe the Eagles are going to beat the Seahawks on Sunday. That's, I, uh, I, I really do. That's quite the take. I think the the Eagles are are who we thought they were. You, you, you want know? an even greater take? If you want to crown them, I'll give you a better take. Okay, let's hear it. Eagles are going to win the division. You've been saying that. For yeah, that's actually not where that is, preposterous. What, where is what that's, is what? that's less preposterous than saying they're. What are you guys? What are you basing this on? Just the fact that the Patriots have the best defense? No, no, no. 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 Go ahead. They, you're just saying all these other games. All these other teams. Well, first of all, first of all, there's no way they're going to. Well. I shouldn't say there's no way. I mean, it obviously can happen. But I th- this Eagles team is good enough that they should not lose to Miami, the Giants, twice, or Washington. Okay, so they don't suck as Let much. Let me so just that's, so that's four to wins. that end. That's four wins to me. That puts you at nine and five. So then, so it comes down to the Dallas lose, game. So it doesn't matter Seattle. if they lose to Seattle or win, beat If they beat Seattle, you actually have a little bit of leeway yeah. with, the, with the Dallas game. And it doesn't matter. And it to, people, people talking about the division – and whatnot about whether losing to New England would be a bigger deal than losing to Seattle, but well, tiebreaker wise, it would uh, tiebreaker. But the the common opponents is that the Eagles and the Cowboys are all are all playing the AFC East, both playing the AFC East. Yeah, but the first tiebreaker but is this, the conference. No, I know, but but when you go through the math, when you look at when you look at who Dallas should probably beat and who they should probably lose to, it ended up going to the third tiebreaker. Right. Well, right. at least when I at least when I yeah yeah. It. So then you get to, to common opponents. So you got one that's a common opponent and one that's in the in the same conference, right. so I, it's it's you know for each reason you could you could say each this right. one maybe means more than the other maybe it doesn't but it wasn't like one was was any any was head and shoulders more important than the other if one. If the e- if the Eagles get on a little bit of a roll, it, even even if it starts if it starts this week and they beat Seattle or even if it starts the week after, right, and they go into that Dallas game with a chance to win the division here against the Cowboys who are not a good road team. I don't. I don't see how you. I don't see how they lose it. I but, just don't. The way their defense is, the defense is playing now, too. I, they got on a little bit of a roll last year playing the same thing. Everybody wants to talk about the Dallas defense. How did how did they perform yesterday? They, Jeff Driscoll, Jeff Driscoll they had, threw they had, what, all three, over them. Three pretty big injuries happen during the game. I, yeah, I'm just yeah. telling you, Dallas is not as good as as people think they are. So we're just gonna. So, but but that's the, I don't hear anything about how the Eagles offense like because what, what is out there not. What 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 is out there to make anybody think that the Eagles' offense is going to get any better? Well, gotta, other than those the bigger, three guys and that's coming the bigger back, concern, well, I mean, that's the right? That has to be because you assume the, the Seattle. Like, that's why I said I don't think your take is nearly as hot as them beating the Seahawks because the math they're favored because they're favored. Because the they're math, favored by Vegas. Well, <laughs> like they're supposed to win this game. Like it's not a hot take. Yeah. They're supposed to I win the game. They take. are the betting favorite in this game. You go five thirty eight. Like even if you step away from the the the. Gambling it's just odds. very weird to hear that after the performance that they put in. Right, this. I, I mean, like opti- if, optically, I would actually it look at like this though and say, like, they, if, if you have your right tackle and you have your top running back yesterday, and not Boston Scott in the game for 
however many snaps and seven touches, I, I think it might be a little bit of a different result. I do. I don't think that it was – they weren't miles away in that game yesterday. They weren't. No, they were so, not. And that's how I look at it. And if you go back and you look and if you've, if you've watched Seattle play, they're impressive. They're never out of a game. But they also don't pull away from teams, whether they're the superior or mm. inferior team. They've won a lot of games close. In fact, they've won the games that the Eagles haven't, right? But when you step back and look at this game for what it is and the context of the game, it's going to be close, and this time they're going to have to make a play. I, I would be stunned if this was a, a game that was decided by more than one uh, score. And not only that, you're probably getting... You assume Jordan Howard comes back, which changes things a little bit, right? Gives you a little bit more flexibility at what you do in the backfield. You can probably bounce Sanders out <clears throat> as a receiver a little yeah, bit more. Do that, yeah, right. Oh, yeah, ball, who did they throw the ball to on the very first play? Right. Yes, Boston, Boston Scott. Scott. Right, exactly. Deep, deep threat, Boston Scott, like five foot three. Um, or whatever you, uh, you, you might get Jeffrey back next week. With not that he's been great, but he's better than what you've got. I got yeah. the sense listening to Peterson today that that may be a long shot. Okay. That was just my. You, you kind of always have to. Re, you, you never know. You're guessing. You never but. know. I, I think that. I mean, look, they targeted Jordan Matthews six times. I think the second week back, maybe he gets a little bit more comfort, comfortable. The Seattle defense stinks. So the, I'm it's, sorry. It's, just, not it's not great. Not good it's not a great defense. I. I could see the Eagles winning next week, and I'm telling you, you get on a little bit of a. What if they're if they're nine and five going into Dallas? How do you sit here and say that? I mean, I. I it can happen. It can absolutely happen that they can win the next four That's, games. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. I just, again, it doesn't inspire confidence in me because, again, we're really talking. It's more about how crappy everybody else is versus how good the Eagles are. And, like, I understand yeah. it takes two teams to play the game. Like, yes, of course, it's that's what it is. You know, in the 2017 season, they beat the crap at, like, three straight weeks. They beat rookie Mitch Trubisky, uh, C.J. Beathard. Yeah. And then uh, who was the other uh, – it was um, was uh, did they play Arizona? They beat the crap out of Arizona or something like that. So I don't I don't know. I mean I get it, and that's a reason to be optimistic. But again, I, I would I would prefer the optimism to come from within. You know, if the optimism is well, these teams stink, and we're gonna get this guy back. Let okay, me. Okay, but the seal. But I don't. See, I don't. The NFL. I don't see I mean, this. Like like I still don't see a ceiling. Maybe I'm just looking looking down the road and and sticking to my original take of if this team gets to the playoffs they will do absolutely nothing they will do absolutely nothing. Prob the, probably I, I see the ce the ceiling it looks very low probably but i will throw this at you i'm just gonna throw this at you you know the 49ers as good as they've been they're really getting beset with injuries now especially on defense really kind of starting to see a lot yeah, of their big name uh -huh, guys going uh -huh. down okay it, they have a real tough schedule down the you know down the stretch here with teams that they have to play um, Green Bay, New Orleans, Seattle, uh, the Rams again. I mean, it, it's a tough schedule for the Seahawks. Yeah, and I don't know. Way. I don't know how many people trust Jimmy G in the playoffs. Right. Either, and so, so I don't. Yeah. I don't necessarily think that the Seahawks are going to win that division. I think. I mean, uh, the 49ers are going to win that division. I think Seattle will. Yeah. So if the 49ers fall to the top wild card, and they're a little banged up, inexperienced, you get the same situation and you, you got have, last year, and you where have the, them coming here to the, play the Eagles. Well, or, or yeah, I mean, last year when they went to Chicago, yeah. uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky playing his first right. playoff game, the Bears who hadn't really been there in a while. Sure, you take you take your recent experience of winning the Super Bowl and going out and playing a team that really is new, kind of new to this thing. Oh. I mean, I could see that, but so I, that I, could happen. Yeah, I just don't. 
I, I don't know, man. I, I don't see – I just feel like the ceiling is and the floor are very close together. Like they're like a foot apart for this team. I, I just – I think they are what they are. I just – I'm going to go back to it. I just would not be surprised when they when when they win on Sunday. And I just go through and you look at some of Seattle's wins. 21-20 at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Ooh, that's impressive. Uh, 28-26 over the Pittsburgh Steelers in Mason Rudolph's first career start. Ooh, that's a good win. Uh, let's see. 30-29 to 29 against the Rams. Hmm, that's that's a heck of a win. The Rams are a real powerhouse this year. They're playing some really crisp football. They won that game because a kicker missed a 40-yard field goal. They also uh, won against 32, the 49ers because the 49ers kicker missed a field goal. 32-28 over the Browns. That's yeah. a an electric offense. I don't know. Maybe I just have 27, like... 27-20 over... I'll keep going. 27-20 over the Falcons. Uh, who beat the Eagles? Uh, yeah, I'm well aware. Well, and yeah. then th- they won in overtime against Tampa Bay, who flat out theory. stinks. Tampa Bay goes out of their way to lose games late. And the most impressive win they've probably had this season came last week at San Francisco. And they should have lost it. The 49ers kicker missed it. a field goal. So, uh, again, yeah. but they won the games, and credit to them. They're 8-2. The Eagles are 5-5. Five and five. They're probably the better team when you step back and evaluate it but i think that this team is vastly overvalued and i think that the odds makers see right through it and that's why the eagles are favored in this game i just look at the historical trends of what russell wilson has done against the eagles three games in his career he's got a 104.9 passer rating he's thrown six touchdowns no interceptions he's only been sacked five times by the eagles defense and what i the the way that i perceive this defense now they had a really solid game collapsing the pocket around tom brady What's Russell Wilson's number one asset? He's going to run backwards 10 yards like a chicken with his head cut off, extend the play, and then somebody's going to be wide open on a miraculous heave down the field. And that, to me, is where I think you know, they haven't played since, I think, 2017. The last yeah, time, that's when the they last, went out there, yeah. And the last time they played Seattle, Wilson went uh, kind of bonkers. He had three touchdowns. He was 20 for 31, 227 yards. Nothing crazy. They couldn't get to him. Uh, Carson yeah. Wentz out threw him by 121 yards, if my crude math is, is that correct. a Sunday night game? Wow. Yeah, is that it was, a Sunday night game? He averaged 7.3 yeah, yards the week per before, completion in that game. It was the week before the Los Angeles game. Yep. yep. And so I, I just look at that trend, and that to me, you know, we can be excited about the way the defense played, and, and I do think it's great. Howie Roseman probably feels a little bit vindicated about not having made a move for a cornerback because it looks like that part has played out okay for him. But the one thing that he didn't address that we said at the time could come back to really haunt them and haunted them and really is the reason that they didn't beat the Patriots is he didn't go out and acquire a wide receiver, and we saw it yesterday. And that, to me, you know, we can be excited about the defense and how well the defense played against New England, but you have to figure out a way to put up points. And hopefully Doug Peterson doesn't forget about Miles Sanders in the next game. Isn't that the game he got hurt? Carson Wentz? No, he got hurt against the Rams. Oh, my following game. Not allowed to chime in the rest of the episode. Also, look at him yelling at you. Wow, here we go. Yeah, like he has. How do you not know? When when the franchise quarterback oh, got hurt. Oh, he's not hurt. my franchise quarterback. Here's what's weird. Ready? <laughs> Hashtag not my quarterback. If the Chiefs lose tonight, the Raiders are in first place. That's right. Oh, oh, that's okay. Yeah, anything is possible. I'm telling you, man. I like that. Like the like the Raiders, man. Raiders Eagles Super Bowl. No, that was yeah because they go. went out there and they stayed out there that week. That's right. Yeah, right because they lost to Seattle. Then it was like, oh, you yeah. know, they sky is falling because it was there was this narrative that was like, well, it's their first big te- real big test. Even though they went down to Carolina five or six weeks earlier on Thursday, Thursday night, night beat football, beat won that yeah, game, so yeah. that was kind of a bogus kind of thing. But and then they went out and beat the Rams, and so that uh, ended that. You know. All right. On the other side, plenty of other things to talk about. <laughs> 
Well, that's a tease and a half for us. Oh, yeah, you won't well, want to miss look, that. I mean, if you think if you think that the Eagles were a bit of a mess, the Philadelphia 76ers in the last week or so have uh, lit the Twitterverse ablaze with their play and the lack of success that they found against quality opponents. We'll touch on that. A little bit of Eagles on the other side. And I think uh, Kevin's got a Mount Rushmore that you're not going to want to miss. You never want to miss it. <laughs> this is Crossing Broadcast on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. Welcome back into Crossing Broadcast on 610 ESPN Philadelphia. Hey, yeah, breaking news, Russ. Whoa! You know, DraftKings has launched an online sports book created by sports fans for sports fans, and it's now available in Pennsylvania. Do you know that? I did know that. So I'm going to, I was going to do this read so that you can eat your pizza. After you just got done saying, I'm so much better. And, and you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm the best. I'm now the I'm going to have this entire conversation up, with you me. so you can't even take a so bite of the great. pizza. Because uh, DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports and has brought their expertise into legal sports betting and is already America's top rated sports book app. Do you have it on your phone, Russ? I do. See? So that's why. I mean, it wouldn't be rated the top in America if you didn't have it's it on your phone. It's the only app I, I should, have on my phone. I that's should a, leave a, uh, a Google review for it. You should. Yeah. You should leave a Google review. The DraftKings Sportsbook app has it all. Over-unders, player props, in-game betting, and special odd boosts every day for the biggest games. Do you bet every day, Russ? I don't. You see, you should. But I could. You it's could. It's nice to know that I could. You could. That's I right. I don't consider myself the expert that Big Bet Bob is. So I don't want to get I don't want to press my luck. Right, but I fair. like having the ability to do it and and really around the clock. Absolutely. 24/7 you can bet there. Uh, now this isn't some other, you know, offshore operation that other gambling sites have. It's a legit sports book. Some overseas tennis. Yeah, that's right. 3 a.m. Based Can't right sleep, here. Go out get a warm glass of milk. <laughs> Based right here in the US. So you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure. Get in on the action wherever whenever in the Keystone Keystone State. Look and listen to that. I just did a Russ. I struggled to say I, Keystone State. I just love hearing I just struggled. Uh you Damn. know what's not gonna struggle? Big bet no. Bob's picks. Six and O yesterday. And uh you're gonna have a pick force for uh for the DraftKings app? Yeah, so uh just a little interesting tidbit about next week's Eagles game against the Seahawks. Looking forward to this. Uh going back to the 07 season. Kevin's excited <laughs> about this trend. I'm telling you, this have an aneurysm over This matters. This is more important studio. than Russell Wilson six years ago against the Eagles. You go back to 07, Pacific time zone teams coming off a bye week like the Seahawks are. Only two and eight straight up and three and seven against the spread against Eastern time zone teams in November or later. They're 0 and 5 straight up and 1 and 4 against the spread as an underdog. That is what we call a bad spot. You are everything. So, so wait, does, does that mean that you would pick the Eagles? I'm all over the Eagles. Dropping the hammer. You As a mortgage on it? I'm emptying out all $64 in my <laughs> DraftKings account on the Eagles next Sunday. Uh, you got, what, five days to get that total up? I will. And with all the player boosts and all the odds boosts, you can certainly get some value for your Damn money. Right. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use the code CROSSINGBROAD when you sign up. And that's CROSSINGBROAD, all caps, for a limited time. All new and existing users can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. That includes existing users like you, Russ. How about it? 
right? It's I not just that. new re- new users, existing users as well. That's code crossing broad to get a deposit bonus of up to $500. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Pennsylvania only. Restrictions apply. See draftkings.com for details. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm not I'm not trying to poo-poo your research or anything like that. <laughs> uh-huh. just, yeah, yeah. I have like it gives me like agita because uh, it reminds me of like the the trendy NBA like Twitter statistic that has somehow like made it to ESPN and it'll it'll go like something like this for example like here's the list of Turkish born Sixers to shoot at least 47% from the field and 45% from 3 while averaging 2 rebounds 0.9 assists and 04 0.4 blocks while a Democratic president is in the White House <laughs> during an odd-numbered year. Yeah. And then you put, like, <laughs> Furcon court. Listen, let's, let's talk everybody, about Everybody's this. like, wow, that is yeah. a This is all because of Russell Westbrook. It's all his <laughs> fault. Listen, you can oh, make the hunt for the triple-double. Let me give you a list of players who have 0.7 deflections, 3.4 steals, and are 21 or younger. Robert Covington. Covington. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's the next best player of all time. I'll like, tell you oh, what. This on. team would be undefeated if Robert Covington were on it. Eh? Oh, no. Uh, we're not, no, uh, we're not. We're not said somebody I, I screaming do want to into the Twitter this real quick. A, a quick word about trends. You're allowed okay? to respond. I think that this is important to understand. You only get you can 30 make seconds trends. I will. I only need 30 seconds to do this. You can make a trend, say whatever you want it to say. Like You can stretch all these different factors, parameters to make it what you want. But I will say... Sometimes when you step back and you look for certain situations like, hey, what's a West Coast team do when they come east off a bye later in the season? Like, that stuff does matter. I actually think that stuff like that, when you go more like macro level, is more important than, you know, the Bills all time when they go to Tennessee are 16-1 and one because half those guys are probably dead now or over the age of 55. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, not, you know, not to... It's true, man. Not to be morbid, not, but that's the truth. Yeah. But when you step back and look at more general trends, I think yeah. that that is more revealing. Well, that's the whole point. Because, yeah, when they're trying to do these statistics, you know, it's like they, keep, Sorry, they Bills. keep playing with basketball reference and they keep moving the, like, assists by, like, 0.8. Is it 0.9? Is it 1 point? It's like trying to yeah. do anything to fit the, fit the scheme, you know? Yeah, I um, hear you. I, I hear you. Speaking of which, uh, you can you can have you can try to fit any narrative to the Sixers you want right now. It seems like half of the people think they're terrible, uh, half the people think they're great. Some people think it's too early. Some people think that they got to win now, you know, and rack up wins if they're going to be the number one or the number two seed. Uh, I'm I'm a little I'm a little Delphia, I think on them right now, but slightly. Yeah, they're eight and five through thirteen games. Yeah, they played nine of thirteen on the road. Um, oh, they should they should be nine nine and four or at least ten and three. You know, they shouldn't have blown the Denver game. They probably should have won either the Orlando game or the Oklahoma City game. You know, so uh, you know they go out and beat the brakes off the Cavs on Sunday yesterday. Does that do anything for anybody? No, because uh, as Chris Rock would say, you're supposed to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers. You know, Can you uh, give so it a little, little chutzpah. If that was yeah. uh, Chris Rock, you're supposed to beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, so that doesn't really do anything for me. I, I uh, you know, because we've set the bar higher. You know, the the, st- the standards higher. You know, they've slipped in some categories. Um, I spent like two days working on a story that I'll I'll um, I'll probably publish tomorrow morning. But uh, you know, just some quick thoughts. Uh, ben Simmons still the same player he was last year. Still the same player he was the year before. Do you disagree, Russ? Nope. Joel Embiid. Uh, actually, regressed. He has regressed. You think he's regressed? He has. Is that I think stubbornness I think or is that just... I think it's almost undeniable at this point that he's regressed. And there's a simple reason for it. He's got 
the ego boost of being an all-star without being able to shoot. That little bit of hunger of proving the doubters wrong, of taking the crowd who believed that Donovan Mitchell should have won the Rookie of the Year award over him. Yeah. That all-star birth gave him the thought that he Put it doesn't, in his head that, that, he, yeah. that this narrative of him needing to be somebody who's willing to shoot or a, a decent shooter is null and void. Yeah, he needs um, maybe just a little bit of a reality check and or and slash or a sports psychologist more than anything, I think. Uh, Joel Embiid still, uh, you know, he was really, really good in the um, – in the OKC game, I think it was, where he had a bunch of points. But uh, still still too many casual possessions from him where he's just kind of lollygagging up the floor, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to let the shot clock get to 10 seconds, then I'm going to get set here, and then, you know, not really, you know, take my time reading the double team. It's just a lot of casual stuff from him. You know, when he, when he stops thinking the game, stops overthinking the game, and just sort of feels his way through it and just sort of lets it come to him, he is the best player in the NBA. By far. I mean, it's all in his head. I mean, that's the thing with Ben and Joel, too. I think it's all just a mental thing with both of them. For for Joel, it's a fo- it's focus, it's fitness, it's not overthinking the game. For Ben, it's just shoot the shoot the damn ball, you know? Doesn't really get much much more complicated. Why why that. are we still having this conversation though? It's, it's, the, same, it's the same thing that we said problem. for how many weeks. You, like so I know you're you're <laughs> pro Brett Brown, right? Is that a fair assessment? I'm not anti Brett Brown. Okay, cuz yeah, I don't know enough to really tell you. Like so I I'm not going to try to force an opinion here, but my question would be this. If you have does going with a different voice maybe put more pressure on him to change his game? Yeah. It just seems absolutely insane to me that we're th- for the third straight year waiting 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 for it's this evolution baffling, to occur. Dude. And it hasn't occurred. And it's is the head coach going to him and saying, like, listen, man, this is something you really need to think about doing, or I really would like to see you try to do this, or is he just letting him do what he wants to do? I think part, he's just letting him do what he wants to do. Part of this is the chicken and the chicken or the egg thing, though. Yeah. Ben Simmons as a point guard, was this something that happened because Brett Brown decided that Ben had to be the point guard, or was it something that Ben and his people forced for him to be the point guard? And that to me is like that that is a big part of this because Say what you will about everything else. The, the stylistic differences in the way that Ben Simmons thrives, which is in a full court, getting out in open space, versus Joel Embiid being an, a massively effective uh, yeah. player in the half-court set. You take those two things, and you, they can live on their own islands. The fact that Ben remains as one of maybe three point guards in the NBA that will not shoot under practically any circumstances from outside the key that continues to be a massive. Issue I don't have for this anything team. like to answer the question, Bob. I don't really have anything new to add to it, but it remains like the number one storyline or the number two storyline. So it gets repetitive talking about it, but it's still like uh, it, it's. Pr- I mean, probably if you put a list of Sixers like concerns together, I guess it would be Embiid fitness and you know staying focused. Uh, Brett Brown calling the offense, you know, being involved. Ben Simmons. I mean, there's those are probably the top three. Kind of, kind of things, okay. you know. Um, and they're going to continue to be. Yeah, I mean, to Brett Brown, like I, I you know, it's interesting to me because he he's had four uh, really good uh, out of time after timeout plays that have basically had an opportunity to win them games this year. Okay, they had the high low for Embiid in the Atlanta win. They had the Cork Moss open three pointer in the Portland win. They had the the Embiid high low in the Denver loss where they came back with the two minute report and said that it shouldn't have been called that way. And whenever you put a fat asterisk on it, because they shouldn't have lost that game anyway, they shouldn't have blown the huge lead. Uh, you know, the first Cavaliers win, 
They got the pick and roll with the seal and then the slip for the dunk. That was a great play call, too. Sure. So, I mean, you have proof that, like, from a, from a static perspective, when Brett is dialing up stuff off the clipboard, you know, X's and O's, sideline out of bounds. We call them a slob, S-L-O-B. Um, or baseline out of bounds, B-L-O-B, a blob. You know, he's good with this with those static play calls and stuff like that, but it's like the organic half-court, like uh, – fourth quarter kind of like the wheels aren't really turning right now how can he how can he imprint how can he put his fingerprints on that to to get the Sixers kind of unstuck because when he when he leaves the offense to them and just kind of throw it in trying to post it up stand around it's not a lot of purpose you know so that that's kind of his I, th- I think he's a, he's good at that but what happened against Oklahoma City yeah I mean they well, had two, just, two timeouts remaining at the end of regulation yes yeah yeah. They are an effective team out of timeouts. You're right. He draws yeah. up great plays. So he let it so go goats, organic, and it blew up in his face. Yeah, because you can't trust you can't trust the team to to do that. You know, I, to take it into. I'm sorry. Do you have a point? Are you you're like you guys are like gesturing at me like crazy? Yeah, we have a caller. Oh, okay. Why don't you just say we got a caller? Like I, I don't. Yeah, you're like giving me all these weird hand signals. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. All right. By let's all go, means, let's by go. All means. Let's go to Ian. Ian, you're on crossing broadcast here on 610 ESPN Radio. Well, now, well, now you threw me on. Now I feel bad for ruining Kevin's point. No, it's <laughs> good. No, you no, just let him keep going. That was enough of me. I'd like um, to hear from you. Yeah, I have. Uh, I have two things. One is on. A, actually, on the Joel and Bead and Ben Simmons, and then the other is I have a question about Carson Wentz. So, uh, since we're on the Sixers, I'll start Sixers first. Um, the the hardest part I have for this is that I think uh, Tobias Harris is actually our biggest issue. Is like his fit into the offense seems to be just so maladjusted. And I think that's going to be what actually ends up costing Brett Brown his job is that they handed basically an unmovable contract to Tobias Harris. And now his actual placement in this office offense, like doesn't correlate to anything. He almost feels as though he's just like an extra piece out there. At least there's times where you can feel Ben in a sort of rhythm or driving or attacking or rebounding and getting out and running. And so you almost feel like he has an impact sometimes on the game, even if, you know, he's not shooting. He's got some sort of presence on some days. And then Joel Embiid, obviously, still has that, you know, overwhelming presence he can bring. But then there's just times where Tobias Harris just looks lost and floating around. And is that something that's being seen? And when you go to, like, see the practices or you see them talking after it, is it is it make any sense to anybody that Tobias Harris just feels as though a third piece but, like, a distant third piece? Yeah, no, and it's a good point. Uh, you know, it's interesting because he uh, he he came out in the first Cleveland game and he shot eleven three pointers. He didn't make any of them, you know. And then he was over three the next night, uh, three for four in Oklahoma City. I think, and I think he was like one for two uh, against Cleveland. But that was his best shooting night otherwise. You know, twelve for fourteen, of uh, you know from the floor. So I, I think the, the interesting thing about Tobias is that where he's been most successful this year is kind of you know getting those mismatches against smaller guys and when he kind of just bodies him down into like four four or six foot range. And just can sh- sort of shoot right over top of them, uh, you know that's great. But that's kind of what Joel and B- Embiid can do, and Ben Simmons can do that. You know, so so it's almost like I think with Tobias, you're seeing kind of like a redundancy in the skill set. You know, I think you'd need a little bit more from him as a three point shooter because that's where he's going to help the team uh, the most in a, in a in a position that they need. You know what I mean? Yeah. The weird part is, I almost feel like he should be. He he's not because he's obviously taller and probably stronger than JJ, but it's. It, I almost want him to be JJ 
in in on that three point line where it's like I want you to be more of like that three point shooter that's dialing it in that the rest of them can go down in the paint. I really don't want you backing your yeah. guy even though he is smaller down in the paint. Yeah, because you already have yeah, I mean you already have guys who can do that, right? So you you were hoping coming into the season that one one of Harris or, or Richardson could uh could could give them the three point shooting that they lost with with JJ and Jimmy, you know. What was um what was the Carson Wentz point that you wanted wanted to make? Yeah, so uh, for Carson, if we if if you start with a premise that Carson Wentz's floor of talent is Kirk Cousins, if you just start there and you say it's like the best he can be is or the uh, worst he can be is Kirk Cousins. He is you know a game manager, uh, limits turnovers. He you know he doesn't he although he throws interceptions they're usually few and far between. He's he can manage a game and if you just get the accuracy a little bit higher and slow things down he can be there. Does that change the perception for people to be like all right if we stop trying to make him Aaron Rodgers and start trying to make him a mid to high tier quarterback that he needs other pieces around? Doesn't that change the argument and the complexion of how people look at Wentz and critique Wentz and, you know, want to throw these losses onto Wentz when you just go, if we just pretend he's a mid to high level quarterback and you need other pieces, doesn't it fall back to Howie and fall back to everything they're doing that it's like, yeah, we have to address the receivers. We have to address the running backs that aren't very good. And and those pieces actually need to adjust. I think that's a fair point, but, but good luck getting people there. I mean, you're talking about a guy that's being paid, to be Aaron Rodgers and not to be a game manager. And I, I think that that's the biggest thing. You're absolutely right. He, at, at worst, is going to be a guy that doesn't kill you, can probably have some above-average games to, to elite flashes. But I think the question then becomes, though, you know, did the Eagles misevaluate what Carson Wentz is? And if they did, that's not his fault, but then it's another question mark for the front office. And so I just don't know that we're ever going to get to a point in this city where we accept less than less than great from this guy. Yeah, because fair he's or not, pumping it up. Yeah, and thanks. He's for the- being no. Go ahead, uh, man. Go ahead. Sorry, he's he, he's he's the only thing I'll say to that is Kirk Cousins is being paid to be you know an elite level quarterback, and and Carson Wentz's yeah. contract in two to three years is going to be middling at best. He'd probably be top five by the two years, and in five years, he'll probably be even farther down on that list than than we would think. So I just, that's the only thing. Thank you for taking my call. No, I appreciate thanks, it. I know, thanks a lot. Thank yeah, you. No, it's interesting because I mean we talked about that last like last week or maybe two weeks ago and the week before that. You know, if uh, you know, can a game manager win the Super Bowl? You know, if, if uh, you know Alex Smith at his best took the Chiefs to. Where did they make it with him? He went, he went with the 49ers. The, he went or to with the, the Niners. I'm sorry. They went to, to the conference championship. To the conference, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I guess it's more f- philosophically. Do, do you think of, of, you know, can, do you think a game manager is a guy that can get you that far if you're playing that way? If you look at what Carson Wentz was doing in the, the Buffalo win, the Bears win, uh, I mean, even the Jets win to a point, but that game's kind of weird. You know, those are, you know those, what's scary was, about it, He was it, throwing though. short passes. He was doing some things. That, like, they looked like Alex Smith kind of lines. Yeah, I mean, that's not the worst thing, but again, yeah, you've been sold a bill of goods about how he's... What a, scares me is that yeah. I... This is no... There's really no other good way to say this, but you look at Carson Wentz at 6.6 yards per attempt this season. Kirk Cousins, 8.6 yards per attempt. So when, yeah, when you look yeah. at the numbers... That's not how you draw it up. Kirk Cousins has been the more explosive, big-play quarterback, and again, I understand that it has to do with weapons, and certainly he has better weapons than what Carson Wentz has. Dude, and I'm in no way implying yeah. that... that Kirk Cousins is better than Carson Wentz, so don't mistake it for that. But I would, it, I would actually be okay if his floor were Kirk Cousins' numbers this season. 
Yeah. But they're they're yeah. not that. I mean, they're middle of the road. They're probably below in some categories what Kirk Cousins is bringing to the table. No, I, th- I, I don't think you and I don't think too that Carson Wentz is ever going to be a pure pocket passer, you know, like win a Super Bowl that no, way. I mean, I mean Kirk Cousins always is a good, game manager cuz he's completing 70% of his passes. Yeah, he's Even always, Carson Wentz's best year, he's a 60% Carson's guy. always going to have to be able to do stuff with his legs, you know. I don't know if it's a fair comparison or not. Maybe I'll just broach the subject real quick and see if you guys have a take on it, but uh you know, Donovan McNabb ran the ball a lot during his first couple years, you know, and then he kind of got away from that a little bit. Um, I don't know if that's the blueprint for Wentz. I mean, there was the, the injury, of course, kind of changes things. But do you just kind of throw caution in the wind and say, look, Wentz is going to be at his best if we let him run the ball? You know, that's always going to have to be part of his game when he I don't, going to be successful I, with him. I don't know. I mean, I think, I think Wentz has a lot of Donovan in him in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. even, even as – the guy who doesn't run as much as he used to. I mean, when you know, yeah. I mean, McNabb, yeah. McNabb didn't get to the Super Bowl until after his injury. That until the running days were, were, o- were over, were over yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, so yeah. ultimately, you know, I, I look at what Wentz's skill sets are, and I think that that's the kind of a quarterback that can win in this league. And it's hard to win in this league. There are only five active starting quarterbacks who've been to a Super Bowl. Oh, it's the National Football League, you know. It's only five. Any given Sunday. So I mean, football. really, I mean, it's not like it's not like you sit there and say, "Oh my God, well, he's not one of those five. All right, well, he's not. But yeah. I mean, that's there's 26 that aren't. He's one of 26. So, so what's what's the new uh, hand signal for when we have a phone call? Why don't you just do like this with the hang? <laughs> Actually, the I thought hang I went. Like I thought Bob talked. I thought you. I thought you like like we're like we're trying to tell me that I there's said something. Listen, we gotta go. We gotta go right to Mount Rushmore here. We gotta have enough time for this, man. Well, there's two. This is a big Mount Rushmore tonight. You said about the percentages, right? The 70 percent versus 60. The only thing. <laughs> what the only thing that the only thing that I come back to is Carson Wentz. Of course, like he's never going to be a seventy percent passer because he attempts harder passes, right? Than Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I guess like, it's yeah. like they're they're never going. It's it's comparing apples and, and also oranges. he's not as accurate as Kirk Cousins. Kirk okay. Cousins. Okay, can I? I, I want to say one really good thing about the Eagles before we get to the before we get to the Mount Rushmore. Kurt and, Cousins. I think it's worth bringing up. Kurt. Um, the Eagles are going to host Kurt. that South Jersey football yes. game. Yep. Uh, that where the shooting was, yes. and that's a pretty awesome thing. Yeah, that's that's pleasant, pleasant feeling, Camden. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They were going to play that at a uh, closed site, and uh, this is a lot better, you know. Yeah. So. Well, I, as somebody who coaches in South Jersey, Bob, why don't you kind of address like what this means for, for, that, for that for that? No, I'm yeah, serious. Well, I mean, uh, it's a fantastic opportunity for these kids, first of all, and I mean, they deserve it after what they were put through on Friday night. Nobody in their wildest dreams would ever think that. You know they're going to be subjected to something of that nature. And for those of you that don't know, uh, there was a a shooting the other night, um, and between Pleasantville and Camden uh, down at Pleasantville, and it was just a a terrible situation. Um, if you go on Twitter, there's there's videos and firsthand accounts of what happened. And, and for the Eagles and uh, the NJSIAA, which is the governing body of uh, NJ High School Athletics, to get together and make this happen was uh, is a real cool thing. It's awesome, just an awesome thing. Love it. Kudos to the Eagles, yeah, big time. That's a good positive uh, thing to. Well, we're going to end on two positives here. That's one positive. 
And now it's the moment that everybody's been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> uh, play like a, we'll, yeah, we need to get some intro music. music yeah, we'll this. get bed music. Uh, maybe we'll play Tool um, since they're playing today. So I'm going to give you my uh, Mount Rushmore of suburban chain restaurants. Nike. Now nice. here's the thing. Kyle hates chain restaurants. He talks uh, smack about Buffalo Wild Wings all oh, the time. Oh, the maestro. Now. Wait a second. The, the maestro, maestro who woke yeah. up from his slumber this morning yeah. and put a post Wrote together. A post. Yeah. was yeah. very excited about and, it. And yet, and yet took us to lunch at California Pizza Kitchen. He did. Well, that's my. No, that's on the Mount Rushmore. <laughs> wow, is it? Yeah. Is it? California okay, Pizza wow. Kitchen. Right. Even though there's not, I mean, CPK is kind of newish, right? I mean, it's not <laughs> like CPK. Right. I mean, you can we lead with this next week? Yeah. This is the most interesting thing we're going to so talk about. So that's going on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. You know, I'm putting it on the Mount Rushmore. And let me let me tell you this. Uh, you know, pe- people kind of poo-poo the chain restaurant, you know, as like, well, it's, you know, the millennials don't go here and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to eat at some fancy place in the city or whatever. But if you grew up in like Boyertown, hey, hey. like I did, or Pottsville, that's like right. Rusted, we don't have that. You need right, a 2,700 calorie meal. We don't have a Vetri restaurant around the corner. We don't have uh, a Taco uh, Bell Garce, moves in Jose Garces or whatever yeah. the hell his name is. Like, he's not around here, okay? We have like... Chick-fil-A, McDonald's, and the Taco Bell, right? But I'm going to give you – so So the point being is that you like familiarity, man. You know, you go to – I'll give you another one on the Mount Rushmore. The Texas Roadhouse. Oh, yeah. I like Texas Roadhouse. You get to pick your steak. That is yeah. nice. You want to eat good in the neighborhood. Do you, do you have you that? Ca- you can get the Cactus Blossom there. Okay. Not to be confused with the Blooming Onion, which is at Outback What's Steakhouse. The, di- wait, oh. the Blooming Onion yeah, is the Blooming Onion is like 1,900 calories. The Cactus okay. Blossom. <laughs> You're not going there to lose weight. No, right? you are not. I'm going to give you a California Pizza Kitchen, Texas Roadhouse, Red Lobster. Only oh, wow, really? Uh, only you know what? Since they've revamped. Since they've revamped. Not bad. Since they've revamped, it is bad. Uh, yeah, I'm no. out. I, I know that sounds sacrilegious because we're at you know the shores around here and you got to get a lot of good seafood and whatever. But I'm going to uh, just for the Cheddar Bay biscuits, I don't care. And my final one, I'm going to give you the Olive Garden. I also oh don't care. Oh, my God. Yo, you're killing me. Yeah, I can't, I can't go with Soup and salad all no. day. Never Tour of Italy. Italy. Lifetime pass. Tour of Italy. Was it $400 for like, lifetime while you can eat soup and salad? Oh, Look. real Italian food yeah. over here with you two, probably. Yeah, my grandma. Yeah. But I'll give you, I'll give you a chain. Sauce. I'll yeah. give you a chain sauce. Italian. Sunday gravy. Yeah. I'll give you a chain Italian that I can eat. Buca de Beppe. I did handmade yeah. pasta. Yeah. Down in I'll give you a chain Italian that I can eat. My grandma used to grow tomatoes. Yeah, Maggiano's is good. Maggiano's is good. Because they also give you the meal to take home. Right. You're going to take home meal. That's nice. You're going to the Olive Garden, but you're going to give me Maggiano's. Maggiano's is way oh, better than Olive Garden. so much better. Olive Garden, you can't. Uh, Breadsticks bread only. I'm not I'm saying we're going for it. I'm not saying we're going for it. What's there to scoff at? Disrespectful to Chili's, though. Yeah. I'm very but disappointed. You know what? You know what I'm surprised as, you didn't go with, though? Chili's. As bad as Applebee's is. Chili's is where it's at. Applebee's, as bad, no as way. Bad, Chili's, no, yes. As bad as Applebee's is, if you're on a college budget, the half-price apps at night, the half price drinks. If you're on a college yeah, budget, absolutely. that's not bad. I survived three years Applebee's in college. Applebee's is why I had man boobs we, in it, college. We went to Applebee's so often for half price apps. Half price appetizers. The, the waitress didn't even come over yeah. to us to ask our order. She just brought it over yeah. to this us. This is the whitest you know, what, you know what I'm surprised you didn't go with? What's that? Because you didn't take into breakfast into consideration. Yeah. Cracker Barrel. I've never been to a Cracker Barrel. Are you allowed despite to say that on the radio? Our cracker? next crossing broad meeting cracker has to be at a Cracker Barrel. Seven hundred billboards. They, you said that last week. Their you breakfasts can't say it are awesome. Come on, am I not? Am I wrong? The apple. Uh, uh, yeah. There's like the apple yeah. French toast. That's yeah. solid. I don't really think of like yeah, nah. chicken and dumplings is okay. Chain restaurants for breakfast. I don't know. It's kind of like. Are a, we out of time? Yeah, we are. We can't be out of time. We are. We got to get to that sooner. Next next week, Mount Rushmore has got to be middle of the show. Yeah. Maybe we'll do the Mount Rushmore brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. It has to happen. Like, we there have to figure out a way to get this in. I'll give anyway, you my Mount Rushmore of terrible rust tape. Thank you. <laughs>
There's, you need so many Mount Rushers. Thanks for listening to Crossing Broadcast. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Joanne Broad and San Philly we at Kevin underscore Kincaid at Bob Wankel CB. Read all the stuff on CrossingBroad.com. We'll be back next week from 6 to 7 here on 610 ESPN Philadelphia.